Let's stand together this morning. And we'll just get right into it, all right? Ecclesiastes chapter number three. Surprise! Ecclesiastes. He's only like been talking about that for... Well, we're going to continue to talk about it. I believe it's, it's potent and powerful stuff. Ecclesiastes chapter number three. We went through, if you recall, chapter one and two last week, and the lesson was... Remember what the lesson was? Oh my goodness, folks. We're all going to die. <laughs> that actually wasn't the title, but that was kind of the gist. You're like, oh goodness, I've been trying to forget about that. Um, but chapter one and two, there's a flow to the book of Ecclesiastes, and I've done my very best to kind of summarize and put a synopsis on it to, to put some handles on how we can walk through the book of Ecclesiastes. My synopsis of chapter one and two is when he talks about life is meaningless, it's vanity, it's all this, it's a wisp, it's, and he goes into all these, it seems very depressing. Then he goes into all the things that he did in life, all of his accomplishments and everything that he did in life. And then at the end, he's like, it's just all vanity. And, and the banner I put over those two chapters was crisis because Solomon, the, the, the wisest man outside of Jesus, the Bible says that ever lived, came to a crisis in his life after all the acquisition, accumulation, all the stuff, every, the wisdom and everything he gained, he looked and he's like, what's it all about? And so we entitled that last week, A Crisis. And I will say this, until, and we talked about it last week, but until you come to that place, probably you're not to a place where you're ready to make real change in your life. There's a, you know, there's a lot of people in our world, they're not ready to change. There may be people in our church, you're sitting here this morning, and you're just, you're not ready for change. Let me tell you what to get you ready for change. A good old-fashioned crisis. It will. A crisis will set you up for change. And um, if anybody noticed the, the Buffalo Bills, uh, I don't know what position he filled, but drops, cornerback, drops dead of a heart attack. Anybody notice that happen? Buffalo Bills drop, drop, drops dead of a heart attack. Do you see the pictures? All the, 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 the other players are weeping on field. They're all on the ground. Did you see the picture of them all praying? Fornicators, liars, cheats, adulterers, American idols. What are they doing? They're praying. Because a good old-fashioned crisis, it'll make you pray. It'll make you think about what is my life all about? Here's these great big burly guys. They got biceps on their biceps and they're, they're big and they're bad and they're shaped like an upside down pyramid. And they, they got the world by the tail and their buddy dies. And what are they all doing? They're on their knees. They're praying. They're waking up because that's what crisis will do. And I would say probably 98% of the people that are here serving God, probably what brought you to the Lord was a crisis. Because that's when you wake, that's what Solomon, that's the wisdom of Ecclesiastes. The wisdom of Ecclesiastes is a crisis brings you to existential questions. What is life all about? And ultimately that question leads you to God. Okay. Remember we, so we talked about that last week. The other word that we taught, vanity of vanities was in there 28 times. And the word under the sun was in there 26 times. Under, under the sun, what does that mean? Under the sun, he's talking about this life. He's locating Ecclesiastes in this life right here. Look at your neighbor and say, this is where we're living right now. That's under the sun. 
he locates Ecclesiastes under the sun. So he's, he's, what, he's, what he's talking about, and don't worry, I'll get to my, my verse here. Just give me just a minute. What he's, what he's locating this on is he's saying this book is about my life. How do I live my life? What is the proper way? That's why we call this the life code. Because Ecclesiastes will unlock life's mysteries. Come to a crisis, okay? Now, how do I live life? What is life all about? That brings us to chapter number 3. Now, notice with me. Chapter 3 and verse number 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Do you realize this? To everything there is a season and there is a time to every purpose under the heaven. Everything has a season. Your job has a season. Everything about life has a season. Oh, and some seasons are so fun, aren't they? I should put a picture up on the screen. I got a brand new puppy dog. I did, I did it. I got me a brand new puppy dog. He's a chocolate Labrador, and he's a hunting dog. And he's gorgeous. He's a beautiful dog. And his name is Scout. His name is Scout. Yes, I call him Lookout Scout. Because he's going to be a duck dog sitting on the front of my boat with his eyes to the skies. Lookout Scout. Actually, officially, his name is Lictal's Lookout Scout. So, but it's a season, right? To everything, there's a season. In your family, your family goes through seasons. Your vocational life, your relationships, everything has a season. Birth and death and, and all these things were coming into or going out of a season. All right? That's what he's trying to say here. That's how, that's how life makes sense. Because he comes to a crisis, and then he starts talking about seasons. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, and a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. All these different seasons and times that we come in to and, and depart and exit out of, and then I love verse number 11. It kind of puts a beautiful bow on this passage when he says, He has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. I want to, I want to teach this morning more than preach. I want to teach this morning on the subject of navigating your life seasons. Because that's what Ecclesiastes was bringing us to. You came to a crisis now. Now, how do, I, how do I do this thing called life? We have to learn, according to this scripture, this passage is teaching us that we have to learn to navigate our life seasons. Jesus, thank you for this scripture. The powerful word of God. We have Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. We have words of wisdom. They guide our lives. They direct our lives. These are your people. Uh, you talked about the ostrich in the Old Testament that had no sense, that just put his head in the sand, her head in the sand, and, and uh, her young would be destroyed because she had no sense. But you said we're not like that. We're a people that have sense. 
You said people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So it matters what we know. It matters what we learn. And I'm asking you here this morning to teach us, feed these great people today. Help us, Lord, and help us to understand what this, this chapter is trying to say and what you're teaching us about life. Bless this congregation, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. So, 1 and 2 is Solomon's crisis. Chapter 1 and 2 of Ecclesiastes, Solomon's crisis. Uh, chapter number 3, and basically that crisis in many ways, and I know, oh my goodness, I just thought, wow. We talked about last week. We're all going to die. <laughs> We're all going to die. Am I telling you the truth, though? We're all going to die. Most people are avoiding that subject with all that they have, but it's one invariable inevitability that we all are going to have, so we might as well face it. Might as well face it. And that's what Solomon is doing in chapter 1 and 2, and that the idea and that realization in many ways can bring a person to a crisis, that my life has a beginning, and my life also has an ending. And the truth of the matter is that time in between really is pretty fleeting. It's really, in the big scope of things, it's brief. Our life has brevity to it. So with that revelation, that insight, this crisis that comes to us, then we have to think for a little while, then, okay, I have this thing that's called life. Now, whether it's going to be 30 years 50 years, 70 years, 100 years. We don't know what it's going to be, but the bigger point is that this gift, this gift that's been given to me and this gift that's been given to you called life, it's a gift. And somebody said, amen. amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here today. Amen. This gift, it's called life. It's a gift. When you wake up and you breathe, Alex, I mean, man, when you, you, you have functioning body parts, it's a, it's a gift. This thing we've been given is a gift from God. And if I've been given this gift, way too many people in this world are living their lives haphazardly. They're just doing whatever they're, what you doing tomorrow? I don't know. I'm just doing whatever. Hey, what's the next year going to be? I have no idea. I guess just whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I want you to know this morning that it's important that this gift of life that has been given to us, that we learn how to navigate this thing called life navigate it. How do I navigate life? How do I do life? The mass of humanity isn't thinking about this. They're just going about doing whatever they're doing. So the question is, how do I navigate life? The answer to that question in the scriptures here, Solomon is so, so powerful in bringing to us after his crisis. He says, this gift called life, the way that I navigate this gift called life is that God made an invention. You know what that invention is? God made an invention, and that invention is called seasons. He made this thing called seasons. They're segments of life. They're epochs of life. They're eras. They're, they're episodes, if you will, of your life. And it's important what Solomon is getting at. I believe if you read between the lines and look at this, what he's trying to say is that God put seasons in life. And wisdom dictates that we figure out where am I at in this precious gift called life? 
What season am I in? What is it right now that is of most importance? What season am I coming out of? What season am I going into? Furthermore, what season am I even in right now? Recognizing the seasons of life. Because listen up. And um, if you're very comfortable right now, I guess the first couple sessions here of our time in the scripture just might make you uncomfortable. Because if you're super comfortable right now and, and, and you're like, man, life is perfect right now. and This is exactly the way I want it to be forever. Can I tell you that the way it is right now, it's not going to be this way forever. It's not going to be. Now, there's, a, there's another segment in our church that's saying, thank God. <laughs> My life really sucks eggs right now. If you want to know the truth, my life isn't Well, the good news, guess what? There are seasons of life. And if you're going through a bad time, thank God, you're not going to be there forever. Because we're entering seasons and we are exiting seasons. Navigating the seasons of life. Recognizing the cycles of life. Life is not always the same. And God made it that way. That's what makes life exciting because you just never know what the future holds. You don't know what things are going to look like. Oh, praise God. It's exciting living for the Lord. Amen. We're going through this thing called life and it's not static. It's not the same. It's not always going to be the same. Things are going to change. You're going to come into seasons and out of seasons. So the navigational tool for life, the navigational tool for life is called Understanding your season. The navigational tool for life is understanding seasons. Now, if anybody in America ought to be able to understand this lesson, it ought to be us who call ourselves Minnesotans. Now, Californians, they don't have a clue. They, they can't, be, and I know that because I, I, well, for a number of reasons, they don't have a clue, but uh, one primary one, I lived in California for a number of years, and, and the difference between their summer and their winter was not very dramatic. Can I just tell you that? In fact, it was pretty bland. It was pretty boring. Their winter was comprised basically of about 40-degree temperatures and a lot of rain. That was the main difference. I mean, obviously, it was hot in the summer. But now, if you live in Minnesota... If you live in Minnesota, and I, I should have did this, I want to throw a bunch of pictures on the screen, but spring in Minnesota is very different than winter in Minnesota. In winter in Minnesota, you don't half the time know what you're going to get in a, in a Minnesota wintertime. But one thing I love about Minnesota is the varying seasons are all incredibly different. Spring in Minnesota, and the thing is, we don't, we don't even realize it. Like right now, and you have, you have the apparatus to do it. You can go through your, your pictures and go back to some pictures of spring and look at the grass. Did you ever realize how green grass is? You don't realize how green grass is until you look at white for six months. You're like, I never knew there was so many shades of green. Emerald green, beautiful green. You're like, oh, God, give us green. We're ready for green, everything. That's why you don't want a white car. Don't paint your house white. You'll never see it in the winter. 
right? So, I mean, it's, it's all these differences, these, these variations. You have springtime and then... And, and people don't realize this. If, if you live in Minnesota, people that are outside of Minnesota don't realize that we get almost 100 degree temperatures in Minnesota. Minnesota is filled with the most hardy people on the face of the planet. We can live in 100 above and we can live in 50 below. That is a 150 degree temperature differential. That's incredible. You're incredible. That's right. That's why it's one of the healthiest places in the nation to, to live. Because if you can survive this, you can survive anything. <laughs> Welcome to Minnesota. But you go, then you go into fall. And when I first moved here, everybody would be like, oh, it's fall. I love fall. And I'm like, you people are nuts. I hate fall because fall means winter. And then the longer that I lived here, I'm like, yeah, fall. Man, fall's Wow, fall. Cools off a little bit, Corey. The trees all start changing. I mean, it's beautiful. You pull out your hoodies. You got your, your big old button-up shirts, and everybody's in flannel. Oh, my good. Put your boots on. It's wonderful. Dial in your scope. I'm going to go kill something. Man, Minnesota's great, right? Yeah, and then, and, but you know what? And then, then all of a sudden, there's, there's going to be a transition. And in that transition... It's going to start getting cold. you got to pull out the big coats and then, you know, put the chains on your tires. All this stuff, right? That's, that's what makes life exciting. Do you get it? The seasons of life. You say, I don't know if it's exciting. Some of you, I heard some of you just complaining about, not too many though, but man, shoveling, oh man. Just embrace it. It's not going away. You can be miserable or you can be happy, but it ain't changing. It's going to be snow. You might as well embrace it. Go make yourself an angel in the snow. Embrace it. Live with it. If we're here, we might. I, just, I made up my mind a long time ago, okay? I had to come. It took me about three years to get here. But, but I made up my mind. If I'm going to live here, I'm going to make a covenant with the land. And this is my home. And you don't get a life, you build a life. And so if I live here, I might as well be happy about it. Amen. God invented it this way. Seasons. God invented seasons. Life is not always the same. Now that's in a natural sense, but in a physical and a spiritual sense, in a life sense, it's not, God made it this way. God made seasons. There's an awareness. So the question will be, well, why, why is Solomon dialing in on this? Why is it important to be aware of seasons? Why does this matter? Why, do, why does he even bring up seasons? What difference does it make? Because listen, if winter is coming, you better make sure that you service your boats. You're going to, you know, do the gas thing, do the oil thing. You're going to cover them. You're going to, I'm going to make a recommendation here. If you have a boat on the water, when winter's coming, you want to take it out of the water. Just, just a, just a suggestion. Cause that, you know, that lake is going to freeze up and your camper needs to be winterized. What happens if you don't winterize your camper? All your lines are going to be frozen and. You know, then you're going to have to deal with that problem in the spring. But these, these, you, you got to get your winter stuff out. You get your winter clothes out. You know, you go into kind of hibernation like, like the bears do. You go into this. That was a joke. You don't really. But 
It's, it's, a, it's a change, though. You get it? And then, and then what happens? Winter starts coming to an end. Come, come about July. No. Really, it starts coming about April, and then it teases you. And then you get two weeks of warm weather, and everything starts melting, and then you get like 18 inches of snow. And you want to go jump off a cliff. You just get used to it. It's just, it's just, it's seasons. That's, that's the way that it works. But, but spring comes along and, and, and now you're going out there and you're uncovering your boats and, and you're putting away the snowblower. Thank God. And, and you're bringing out the lawnmower and, 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 and you start thinking, okay, spring is here. Okay. What, what do we got going on? And, and oh, we got church camps are going to be coming up soon. You see what I'm saying? There's, there's these cycles, there's these rhythms, there's this thing called life. And then my personal favorite time of year is summertime. I love summertime. I love summertime. Some of y'all are like native Minnesotans. You're like, oh, it's so hot. Oh, I, can't, I just can't handle it. We took, we took, took our kids, our children to uh, Disneyland many years ago. They were, they were young, 10, 8, 10, 12 years old. And we took them to Disneyland. And we took them, it was too late. Whenever it was, it was, too, it was like May or something. We took them to Disneyland. We got to Disneyland. We're there for like three hours. And then at noon, they're like, <laughs> sweat pouring off their face, beet red. Oh, we got to go back to the room. We spent like a grand total of three hours at Disneyland because they're Minnesotans. They can't handle the heat. Heat stroke. They're stroking out. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, I like it hot. But, but it's, it's seasons, right? There's lawns to mow. There's... There's time outdoors, but winter's coming, fall's coming. And the thing about every season is that every season is to be navigated differently. Every season has to be approached and navigated differently. The beauty, I want you to think with me this morning, is that the seasons, if you'll think about this, it's the wisdom of Solomon, if I'll think about this, that the seasons are predictable. Anybody here not know winter was coming? <laughs> if you do, see me after service. I'll send you for counseling or something. Some kind of education. If you're new here, Sierra, you'll, you'll, you'll get it. <laughs> Winter's coming. It's something you learn. It's a season. You, okay? If you're a student, you will notice patterns that follow the general flow of life. Are you ready? Pay attention. Look at your neighbor and say, pay attention. I wasn't mean about what I'm saying. I'm saying to the seasons. Pay attention to the seasons. Because the season, you got to pay attention. you got to be on your toes, on your game. What's happening? Where am I at right now? What season am I in? What season am I going into? What does this look like? you got to pay attention. You can't just be, I wonder what's going to happen. Because, man, it'll, it'll smack you upside the head. Or you can be behind a whole season. Like, have you ever met people like that? Rip Van Winkle? And they're just, they're out of touch. But, but God gave us this thing called seasons. It's predictable. There are patterns. There are cycles. You and I can be wise people, the people of God, and say, oh, I see what's, I see what's coming. I'm going to begin to prepare for that season. There are life seasons. This is, this is big. Oh, God. This, this lesson will change your life. If you can get it and grasp it, it'll change your life. Why? Because our life is filled with ages and stages. There are seasons. It's a God-given institution. God made it to be this way. Spring, summer, fall, winter. 
Are you ready? Being a child, being a teen, being an adult, becoming a parent, becoming a grandparent. That's a cycle. Then you're a legacy builder. I look around our church, and I'm just, it, it, it's, it's one thing cool about longevity in ministry. One thing that's cool is, is uh, well, our, our you, new youth minister, I remember him being born. Little Tucker. Little Tucker. But, but look at The first youth pastor that I work with, the first youth minister that I work with was his father. That's kind of cool. And then there's this cycle that goes around. And it's just, it's predictable. It's been happening since the dawn of time. This isn't new. It's, it's a cycle. It's, 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 then you're a legacy builder. I, you know, I'm looking around our church and I'm like, it's pretty cool watching like, I was talking to Paisley last Sunday and, and, and Paisley is going to be in the youth group this year, right, Ange? She's gone. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Ange? <laughs> so... She's going to be in the youth group, though. Blake and Mariah are parents, finally, after all this time. <laughs> and I've been waiting on them because that makes me a grandparent. I mean, that's cool. These are cycles. They're predictable. They're, it's going to come. And she's back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was looking for you earlier. I'm like an Ange, and you're not there. Paisley's turning 12 this year, right? Thank you. It's very helpful. <laughs> so, but every demographic, every demographic, we're all in a season of life. And you may not realize this, but your season is going to change. It's going to change. It's going to happen. It's not a bad thing. There's, there's seasons of life. There's puberty, fertility, and then there's menopause. Wow, I got a super witness there. <laughs> yeah, and what about it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> training. There's a season of training. There's gaining expertise. There's acquisition, growth, and profit. But that begins with training. Then you gain experience, and that then grows into profit in career. Then, after profit, you're investing in the next generation. And then you reach a season. We'll call it rest, but it's a tempo of retirement. It's, it's, it's a season. It's cycles that we move through. It's building a career. It's growing a career. It's maintaining a career. Then it's exiting a career. Everybody's going to be there. If you live long enough. I, I, I look at our, our church right now, and there's, there's such, and it's cool if you stop and think about it, the unique dynamic. Um, Hannah has been here for the past couple of weeks. And Hannah, what she do, she's in a new season. She's in Bible school right now. That, that's, a, that's a shift. That's, that's a whole new season. We've got, we've got newlyweds that are here today, Caleb and Sierra. They, they shifted out of singleness, and now they're, now they're married. It's, it's, it's a different, get it? It's a different season. That season is going to lead into a childbearing season. <laughs> See what I did there? I got a new target. Blake and Mariah are like, thank God. <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> okay, it's seasons. Patrick, Patrick, you've been living for the Lord now. What's it been? A year? The near revival's come. I think that's, that's when he came. It's been a year. That's, that's, that's a, you're in a different season now. Your life is different. These are, these are seasons. We got, we got to figure out how do, we, how do we navigate? What season am I in right now? What do I do with this season? How do I become productive in this season? There's, and I would say, and I mentioned earlier, but... 
with God's help in our church, every demographic in the church needs connection and needs direction. You need to be connected in the church. Somebody said amen. amen. You need friends. You need fellowship. You need godly people that you can connect with. You need relationships that you can walk through life with. Commercial, life group. Commercial, that's a good thing. Life group. We need not only connection, but we need direction. In other words, Ron, at my stage of life, what do I need to be doing right now? Talk, would somebody please talk to me? Have you ever want to stand on top of your chair and scream, would somebody give me some direction? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Thank God there's mentoring relationships in the church. We can learn. We, we got to get this thing figured out because, because Solomon is saying that the structure of life is built in seasons. There are seasons of life. All right, so let's, let's just take a quick walk through Ecclesiastes again, chapter 3. Notice what he says. To everything there's a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to, to be born, and a time to die. Can you please say that's not a bad thing? It's not. You're not going to live forever. But there is this thing called eternal life. That's good. It's a reality. It's there. We're going to have to navigate that. What does that look like? A time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted. Sometimes you're planting things. What do you do when you're plucking up what is planted? That's called harvest. You're planting, you're plucking up what you planted. There's a time to sow. You're going to be frustrated if in your sowing season you're expecting to reap. You get it? Oh, man, it's just not happening fast enough. How come I don't have what I want to have? Well, maybe that's not your season yet. I'm just going this to... Is, this is one of the most unfortunate things I see about people that live for God because people sometimes live for God and they get frustrated and they walk out and, and they're like three millimeters away from their miracle coming. I'm so lonely right now. I'm so sick of being lonely. I'm just going to go out in the world and I'm just going to... I'm going to go get me a husband. I'm going to get me a wife. And they blow up their life and maybe they were just... Maybe they were just one... One relationship away from their marriage partner showing up. God, you got to know how to navigate this thing, though. That's what he's saying. He's saying there's, there's a time to all these things. You plant things. You harvest things. You can't expect to harvest when it's time to plant. It's, it's out of season. A time to kill. A time to heal. Time to break down. Time to build up. There's a time to construct. There's a time to destruct. That's life. A time to weep. A time to laugh. A time to mourn. A time to dance. Emotionally. Every day is not going to be happy, 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 happy. Say, I'm a Christian. Every day is happy, happy. No, it's not. Let me tell you another thing. Every day is not sad, sad, sad. Some people, the only way they brighten a room is by leaving it. <laughs> Everything's heavy. It's like, oh, just learn how to cycle through that season. We're not meant to live there. Yes, we'll have hard times, but we'll also come out of them. There'll be joyous times. T sorrow, yes. There's going to be times you're laughing, but don't be laughing when you should be crying and don't be crying when you should be laughing. Right? You ever met people that laugh at the most inappropriate times? Okay. <laughs> are people are everybody's happy and they're crying. You know, there's a, a time of rejoicing in the church. Somebody's over there just got to be weeping because it's deep. No, you need to shift out of that. You need, you need to know how to move with the season, all right? Make sense? Time to cast away stones. Time to gather stones. Time to embrace. Time to refrain from embracing. Time to embrace. Time to refrain from embracing. There's a time to walk away. When do you draw near in a relationship and when do you depart from a relationship? You're going to have to figure that out. 
There is some relationships you're going to have to disconnect from. That's good preaching right there. If you're going to move into the new season of your life, maybe the old friends aren't going to be the ones that are going to take you into a new season. Those people I used to pal around with when I didn't walk with the Lord, they just may not go on the journey that I'm going into the new season of my life. So I, I, I've got to figure out what season am I in. A time to get, a time to lose, time to keep, time to cast away. Acquisition phases of life. There are phases that you're acquiring. There's phases you're acquiring. There's other phases that you're decluttering. You know some people that are acquiring when they should be decluttering? <laughs> basically basically all right a time to rent a time to sow a time to keep silence a time to speak sometimes silence is golden sometimes it's pea yellow sometimes it's a tragic travesty to be silent when you should speak up other times i may be speaking when i should know when to just be quiet it's a season I, I got I to gotta know a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. We don't realize this. There is a time to love, but there's sometimes there's a time to hate. That's what the Bible says. None of us want war, do we? We don't want war, but you know what? Sometimes you got to go to war. Other times you're like, you may be in war mode. Maybe you've lived your whole life in war mode. Oh, man, I know what to fight. I will throw down at the drop of a hat, and I'll drop the hat. But you know what? Sometimes you got to learn not how not to go to war. Sometimes wisdom is knowing when not to fight. Instinct may be to fight when wisdom says, you know what, maybe that's not the best thing for this season. So what are you saying? I'm saying be on your game. You see all the variations? What does this require? This requires wisdom. Solomon, Ecclesiastes, wisdom. What should I do and when should I do it? Because every season is different. And it requires shifting and adjustment. Navigating seasons requires discernment and discretion, tactics and tools, strategies and systems. You have to know what to do and when to do it. And I would pray, oh, God, help us to walk in your timing, Lord. God, give us wisdom. I pray that your prayer would be, oh, Lord, help me to know where I am. What should I be doing right now? When should I do it? Help me to walk in step with your wisdom, oh God. That's the life code. That is the life code, knowing what to do when. So my question is, and I'm going to deal with a whole number of points here. What happens if you're out of step with your season? Here's a, here's a, here's a warning. What happens if you're out of step with your season? I want you to think about that. If you're out of step with your season, you're, you're moving into a season and all of a sudden, what happens if I'm out of step with my season? If I'm out of step with my season, I'll start grinding the gears. It's like, this just isn't working. You ever been there in life before? You ever been there where you're like, this, this is not working? This is a great piece of advice I received years ago. If you're in a hole, stop digging. Because if I'm out of step with my season, it's just frustrating. It's like, this just isn't working. I'm not making the shit. Another point, if I'm out of step with my season, I can miss a window. 
Can I say this today, that there are windows that open, that when they open, don't you want to be ready for that open window? Because there are opportunities that come. There are doors that swing open. There are times God designs things in our life. He swings doors open. He swings windows open. That when that window opens, what you don't want to do is miss your window. Because that window may not open for maybe ever. That moment may pass, and, and it can become a missed opportunity. You don't want that. I don't want that. When my ship comes in, I don't want to be at the garage. When my ship comes in, I want to be at the dock waiting for my ship. One of the repercussions of being out of step with my season is that I miss a window. Another ramification of being out of step with my season is living immature. Living immature or too stressed. Living immature. It's a rhetorical question. I don't even know if I should ask it. But have you, have you ever tried to have a relationship or a conversation with someone that is radically immature? They're like 35 years old, but they're offended like they were 14. Right? 30 years old, living in the parents' basement, playing video games, not working. That's, that's out of season. That's, that's living immature. I've met ministers that are like this. Unfortunately, I've met ministers that didn't learn the skills they should have learned in the early part of their ministry, and now they're suffering in the late part of their ministry because they didn't build a foundation in their life that would then carry them into the next season of their life. And they're grinding their gears and they can't figure it out and they can't get it because they didn't get in the season what they should have got in the season and they missed it because the window closed. Amen. If I'm out of step with my season, I don't get the building block for that season. What do you, by building block, what do you mean? And, and when I say this, this is not to frustrate you because it's not necessarily too late. But can I say this? There are some lessons that the easier that I get them in life, the easier my life will be. The later I get it, those lessons have a higher price tag. There are some things that I can learn while I'm young. That's why I thank God for our children. Amen. Thank God for our young. Thank God for Sunday school. Train up a child in the way that, that they should serve God. So when they're old, they won't depart from. We need to train our kids, teach our kids while they're young. Because if they can get this while they're young, oh my goodness, they can walk and step. And what a blessed life that they'll have. But if they miss that window, there are building blocks that you receive. For instance, if you're in your 20s, in your 20s, you better learn how to work in your 20s. You had better learn how to work in your 20s or you'll be lazy in your 30s. And if you're lazy in your 30s and your high income earning years of your 40s, you'll be hurting and you'll be playing catch up your whole life. There are financial concepts that you got to get while you're young of discipline and how to handle money. Because if you don't learn them in your 20s, listen up, the curve just gets sharper and the consequences get greater. And at some point you waste your prime years blowing through money and then you're stuck in retirement and you're in serious trouble because you didn't anticipate the coming seasons and, and there are missing building blocks. It's not that you can't get catch up, but it gets harder and the, and the curve gets steeper and it's more difficult. There are building blocks of life. I'm so thankful here today that we can get in our life if we apply our hearts to wisdom and apply ourselves to the things of God. You say, when should I learn to get a prayer life? How about right now? 
I'll do that when I'm a little older. I'll do that when I'm 20. I'll do that when I'm 30. I'll do that when I'm 40. Solomon writes, he said, he said, it's, it's remember your creator in the days of your youth. He's saying they're building blocks that you can get. And I'm, I'm not saying whatever stage you're at, you get it then. But I'm just saying there are things that you can get at specific time periods that are so valuable that they'll become foundation stones of your life that will carry you into your future. And if you can get it now, it will bring such tremendous benefit and blessing in your life if you can get it now. Get it now. I want, to, I want to get what I need for this season so that I can build and mature and shift into my next season of life and be blessed by God. What do I need right now? All right, I want to talk for a few minutes about transition traps. What are some traps in seasonal navigation? There are traps that come. There are roadblocks. There are deterrents. So if you're there and you're, you're maturing and you're growing and there's this coming season, a new season coming into your life, there are traps that come in transitioning from one season to the next. One of those traps, I'm going to call it fear. Fear. Why is fear a transition trap? Because you don't know. What's this? What's next? And with fear comes discomfort. Oh, uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like the way I feel right now, so... I'm going to just go back to what I was comfortable with. I got my little zone right here, and I got my little space, and uh, I really don't want to be pushed out of that space because I know this little 10-square-foot piece of real estate, and, and I'm comfortable with it. But God is calling you into the next season, and the next season, when you begin to step into that, you're kind of wobbly in your knees. You're like, I've never been here. This is weird. I've never, I don't, I don't know how to act in this. I don't know why I just pulled this out of my pocket. It's been, I noticed it in worship service. It's been in this pocket forever. And it's, it's a coin. And one side says, nothing changes. The other side says, if nothing changes. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So fear can keep me from transitioning into maturity, into growth, into going and being and becoming what God wants me to become. So I'm, I'm like, well, I, I got this down right here. But I, I mean, you're, you're telling me I got I, I to gotta move into this, this spot and position of maturity in my life. I, I, I kind of like it here. And fear will stop a person. And they'll, unfortunately, that's when my growth stops. When I hang out in my comfort zone and I'm unwilling to deal with some temporary discomfort as I grow to maturity, it can be a trap that stops me from transitioning in my seasonal navigation. Kind of like having a baby, right? <laughs> I know I have lots of experience. Not actually having them for sure. We would adopt. There's a lot of changes, though. In that season of life, there's a lot of transition. There's a lot of changes. So, so you're, you're like, going to have a baby, going to have a baby. Oh, it's so, can I have a baby? And then you start ballooning out. You can't lay on your side anymore. There's pains that you never had before. And you're just thinking, oh, thank God, but it's, I'm going to have this baby, and it's, it's going to be all over. It's going to, and you have that baby. And it's not all over. It's just beginning. 
Now you got a little, are you ready? Mariah, she could, she's not even in here. She's feeding Mick. You got no sleep and it's, you're, you're just, you're, you're constant attention and crying. And, and it's like, that's your introduction to parenting. <laughs> it is a great thing. It's the most fulfilling thing in the world. But you're like, so begins the stage of children. Concern and love and care and looking out for and, and pain <laughs> lots of pain and yes worry concern oh but fear will stop you say I just I just won't have any kids I tell you what I thank God I thank God for my kids I thank God for my family aren't you thankful for your family Aren't you thankful that fear didn't immobilize you? Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's difficulty. Yes, you could be comfortable and single the rest of your life or comfortable and just, you know, uh, no children in the home. But you made the choice. And aren't you thankful you made the choice? You transition out of the said It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Transition traps and seasonal navigation, becoming comfortable and being change resistant. Kind of follows on the heels of the previous point, but you're so comfortable. I can become so comfortable with life that I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. Can I say this? That some things are appropriate for a season. You look at your neighbor and say that. Some things are appropriate for a season. In other words, okay. Some things are, it's okay. It's appropriate for a season. Some things are appropriate for a season. Batman underwear are okay when you're three years old. But man, if you are 25 years old, you better put your Batman underwear away. It's time, it's time to grow up. It was good for the time. It, it was okay. It was, you know, it was cool. You got your little cape going on. You're running around the house. That's great. But it's not funny if you're 19 years old and doing it. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Girls, Barbies are great. They're great. When you're three years old, five years old, I'm not going to put a cutoff on that. But whatever. So, but, but man, if you're 23 years old and you're playing with Barbies still, you got a problem going on. It's, it's, there are things for a season that are okay, but, but you learn to transition out of those things. Some things that we've got to embrace the new because this is the new me. This is what God wants me to be. I'm moving into a new session and season of my life. And, and I thank God for where I've been. And it's been a wonderful journey. And, and, I, and I've got nostalgia and I've got memories. And I thank God for it. And it's great. But I can't camp out at the same old place that I've always been. I'm preaching to some people here that are making their way out of the world. You're making your your way out of sin you're making your way out of worldliness and ungodliness and there are patterns that are trying to pull you back into what you used to be and you know what it's easier to go back it's harder to go forward it's easier to go back to what you've always known in your life but let me tell you something about God God's bidding you to come forward it may be uncomfortable it may be different you may feel wobbly legged you may feel like you got training wheels on your bike but God wants to bring you forward into your new season of life. But you've got to transition. It's a new you for a new season. And it's going to require some new skills. What worked for me then isn't going to work for me now. And it's okay. It's called growing up. 
We, we change, and it's, it's good. It's transition. We grow and we become. I look, that's one of the most exciting things about the church, to look around the church and to see lives that have been changed. And when I say change, we celebrate baptism. Duly so. We celebrate Holy Ghost infilling, which we should. But we ought to celebrate even more the growth and the maturity that happens in the hearts and lives of God's people, that they're not what they used to be, but look at them now. Look at the growth in their life. Look at, look at JP sitting back there. JP used to be a gangbanger. You didn't know that. Tattoos, he had the whole, the whole look and the whole strut and the whole walk and the whole vocabulary and terminology. He was a gangbanger. Hat backwards. Uh, you, and, 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 and I'm okay, JP? And he did his time, and he could tell you all about that. But he's not a gangbanger anymore. He's a child of God. He's a child. He put away the chains. He put away the old look. He put away the way he used to act, uh, the old terminology and vocabulary. He doesn't talk like that anymore. I mean, for goodness sake, the man got himself a pair of glasses. I'm going to call him professor. He's professor now. So, man, those glasses look good on you, DJ, or uh, my brother. They look good on you. I'm like, man, you, your IQ increased by 50 just by putting those things on your nose. They look great. Because he's saying, this is who I am now. This is who I am, not who I used to be. I, and, and is it uncomfortable? You bet. But watch that. And I, and, I and I was just thinking this morning, I was watching worship. And I, and I worship the Lord and then I look around. That's just what I do. But I was, I was watching. And I, was, I was watching. Here, here's uh, Karma's got her hands in the air. And here's May with hands in the air. And here's Christopher. And I thought, oh God, they're getting it. They're getting it. They got it. They're getting it. They're getting it. That doesn't happen by accident. That's somebody saying, I've never done that before. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do this. But I'm going to learn. I'm going to be comfortable with my discomfort until I become comfortable. Until I learn a new way and get a new way. That's called transitioning. That's what Solomon is telling us life is all about. That's a problem with our world. Our world is stuck today. You know why our world is stuck today? Because they're stuck in old patterns and old paradigms and people just doing things the same old way, same old way, same old way, same old way. God's saying, get out of your comfort zone and build yourself a new life. Build a new life, transition. Here, here's, here's a point, are you ready? And this is just gonna be easy as all get out. Do something different if you only come to church Sunday morning why don't you come to church Sunday night if you always sit in the exact same chair nothing wrong with that I pretty much do the same thing maybe find a different chair maybe you'll have a revival <laughs> maybe some chair's got your name on it I mean this, this is growth. This is what happens. We get out of our comfort zone. We get rid of the old wardrobe. Some things that I used to wear, I don't wear anymore. Man, if you're 45 years old, don't be dressing like you're 17. If you're 17, don't dress like you're 60. Are you, are you catching what I'm throwing? If you're a Christian, don't, don't dress like somebody in the world. You've been around the church a long time, living for God, hurting up preaching to save the devil. 
then, then maybe it's time to do some adapting. Hey, hey, I've been around here a while. It's time for me to get this. It's time for me to put away my Batman underwear. It's time, it's time to do some transition. Is it different? Well, what are my coworkers going to say? What's my family going to say? Who cares? The better question is, what's God going to say? Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You've obeyed the scripture. Even when it cost you something. In fact, that's when it's really going to matter. Praise God. These are traps becoming comfortable and change resistant. Nostalgia is a trap. Lost in the past. Always looking back. Always looking back. Always looking back. Always looking back. All the best days were behind. Can I just say this? You can't go back. As much... I, I know Michael J. Fox did the movie, Back to the Future. You just, I, let me tell you what you got. You got right now. What you have is right now. You can't go back. It's impossible. Thankfully, you can repent. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin and unrighteousness. And every breathing body in this room ought to say, thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. He can wash my past in his blood. I can repent. But I cannot go back and relive the bad moments because they're gone. I can't redo. The toothpaste has already left the tube. The milk has already been spilled. You can't do it. You can't relive the bad moments. You can't relive the good moments. Oh, it was the best days of our life. It was so amazing. And, and it is. Okay, fine. As long as it fuels you for your future, but you can't get stuck on the great memories of the past. That's, they're gone. But what you have, this life you have today, and if God blesses you with it, you'll have it tomorrow. Thank God. Nostalgia, it's a transition trap. Another one I'll say is ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance is a transition trap. What do you mean by that? Ignorance. What you don't know can hurt you. People say, oh, well, what I don't know doesn't hurt me. <laughs> no, what you don't know can hurt you. Ignorance has a very steep, steep price tag on it. Ignorance. And the hard part about not knowing is you don't know what you don't know. So what do you do about what you don't know? How do you find out? Anybody got an answer? How do I find out? Ignorance. How do I remedy ignorance? How do I find out? Learn. Information. Study. Ask questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. Seek it out. Seek wisdom. Dig for her like the fine rubies and veins of gold in the earth. Dig. Search. Seek. Ask. You'll never have it if you don't. It's not free. Gold doesn't grow on the ground. Money doesn't grow on trees. If you're going to get it, you got to go after it. it thank God that, that we can grow. It doesn't have to. Ask questions. I, I, don't, I don't want to be stuck. Amen? Amen? I want to move forward in God's will for my life. That's a transition trap. Another transition trap is not minding your business. What do you mean by that? I'm going to give you a scripture. Not minding your business. Lamentations 3 and 27. I tried to live this verse. It is good for a man to that he bear the yoke in his youth. I want every young man, if you would, let's say, what, what do I say is young? Every young man under 50. Stand, please, would you? Would you quote that verse with me? Are you ready, guys? It is good 
for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Can we read it one more time? God bless our guys. You may be seated. Thank you. It is good for a man to bear the yoke in his youth. There are yoke-bearing years. What does that mean? Times of intense physical exertion. And you can do that when you're young. Well, thanks, Sean. <laughs> you can do that while you're young. And if you do that while you're young, you will reap the benefits in the next stages of life. If you cheat this stage, you'll pay for it. Yoke bearing. Good to bear the yoke in your youth. Yoke bearing. It's hard work. Character is being built. You don't want to cheat on this, this segment. Skills are being developed. Relationships are being established. I'm, I'm gaining an EQ, not just IQ. EQ is emotional intelligence. I'm, I'm, I'm learning people. I'm learning skills. A vocation is being developed. It's like I've heard some young people, and I'm not, I'm not patronizing any, any certain generation, but I've, I've heard young people in their 20s saying, I was so exhausted this week. I had such a long week at work. Oh, it was so... Oh, I, I worked 30 hours this week. I'm exhausted. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Just exhausted. I worked 30 hours this week. Oh, man, you're going to be short as you get older. Because these are the, these are the, it's good to bear the yoke. There are things that you dig into that you give yourself. You know why? Because you have, you have the strength. Because you have the energy. I mean, I've said this before, and this is just teaching this morning. I'll just throw it out there. It's my view on things. I, th I think every man ought to know what it's like at some point in his life to work a 12-hour day, a 14-hour day, a 16-hour day. I think every man, I'm not saying you have to live this way, and I don't believe that you should live this way, but I think every man ought to know what it is to work a 100-hour week. A 100-hour week. Every man at some point ought to work a 100-hour week. What is that like? I'm, don't live that way. But it's good to bear the, oh, I'm so exhausted 30 hours this week. Exhausted. What am I going to do? No, you got you to learn how to work because if you'll work and you'll give yourself to it, you'll reap benefits because there will come a time that you can't work like that. And it would be inappropriate to work like that. It would be wrong to do it like that. But there's going to be seasons. You got to know, I'm going to dig in in this series, this, 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 this time of my life, this session of my life. Too many people are playing around in a season when they should be working. I know this is not romp and stomp, you know, wild willy on the organ kind of Sunday morning stuff. But this will change your life. Because if you'll get it during this phase, this is what will happen. This is the skill building stage of your life. If you'll bear the yoke in your youth, you, you will build skills that will bring you into your prime income earning years. Now you have abilities. Now you have skills. Now you have talents that separate you from the crowd. Listen, just because you're a millennial, and I'm not picking on the millennials, but just because you're a millennial doesn't mean you deserve a $30, $30 an hour job because you're a millennial. No, you don't. 
I ain't working if I can't make 25 bucks an hour. And what in pray tell makes you think that you deserve 25 bucks an hour? It's far wiser to say, I mean, obviously, if you, if you can make that, well, wonderful, take it, wonderful, great. But I'm telling you, I worked a lot of $5 an hour jobs. That was a couple of years ago. $3 an hour jobs. I've worked, I've worked $7 an hour jobs, $10 an hour jobs, which then gave me the ability to make the $15 an hour. I don't deserve, I deserve it. No, you don't, you, you don't deserve jack. Thankfully, in America, what you have is you have, what you do get in America is an opportunity. Not a guaranteed outcome. I'm dealing with stuff here this morning. It's just philosophy. It's philosophy of the world. You deserve it. You deserve it. No, you don't. The world's telling you, you deserve it. You deserve, your, your college should be paid by the government. No, you don't. You, sh- you got this coming your way. No, you don't. You got nothing coming your way. And you're a whole lot better to realize, I got nothing coming my way. I don't deserve nothing. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to shoulder the yoke, and I'm going to work while I'm young, not because I deserve it. And you know what? That will put you in a position where you can be elevated, where you can be promoted, where then now you're, you're actually you're earning because you, you have built yourself a life, and you've, you've carried the yoke in your youth, and you've, you are now transitioning into prime years. Years, uh, and you have qualified yourself by the way you've lived your life. Now you're qualified. I'm preaching to this church the qualities that will cause you, just like Daniel, to rise up in your workplace where people look and say, my goodness, that person, they need a promotion. They need a promotion because this world is not teaching this value. But you as God's people, clap your hands unto the Lord and thank God for it. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. All right. So I'm going to close with this. How do, this is the question. I, w- I want you to think with me this morning. How do I navigate transitions? How do I do this? Give you about five points. Number one, know your present season. What season am I? Where am I right now? What season am I in right now? Am I a young person? Am I a young married? Am I in retirement? Am I a grant? What season am I in right now? What season am I in? What do I need to be learning in this season? And I'm going to say it like this also. Not only what should I be learning, who should I be learning from? You need to look for people in life that you can tap. I have people that I can pick up the phone and I thank God I can talk to, that I can tap into. They're in a different season that I'm in. They're, they're teaching me. Not only who am I learning from, who am I investing in, in this season? Because it's not just about taking, it's also about giving. Who can I be a benefit to? What season am I in right now in my relationships? What season am I in right now vocationally in my work? What season am I in? Am I just in the very beginning? Am I at a midpoint? Is, is my vocational life coming to a close? And we'll talk more about this in the future, but I, am, I, am I nearing to retirement? If so, then what planning needs to take place in my life? Okay, know your present season. Next point is anticipate the season. Okay, you with me? I hope so, because I'm wrapping up. Think about your next season. This is it. What's next? What's next? Because there is always a next. There is always a next. 
I don't care if you're 115 years old, there's a next. What's next? What is the next thing? What is the next thing in my life? The next point is plan for them. Plan. Okay, so anticipate what's next and then begin to plan. Because if you don't plan, it's going to bite you. It's going to bite you. Well, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. You don't want to procrastinate planning. Be aware. It's like, it's like football, right? If you're on the 50-yard line, the, the plays are very different than when you're on the 10-yard line. 50-yard line, 10-yard line. Get it? Intensity is different at the 10-yard line than at the 50-yard line. Intensity is very different whether you're fourth and goal or whether you're at a first down, right? you got to plan for the future season. What should I be doing to plan for my future? With intensity, what's the next step? My next point is navigate them. Navigate these transitions. Learning how to flow. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to be flexible. Flexible. There's a saying, blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be bent out of shape. You got to be flexible. I ain't doing that. I ain't making no changes. If, you know, if you, if you ever watch trees, it's amazing. If you look at a forest, you look at a great big tree. A 60-mile-an-hour wind comes through. You know the trees that survive are the trees that learn how to flex. The ones that don't know how to flex that are rigid, I ain't moving, I ain't turning on. You get a 60-mile-an-hour wind, snap! But it's that flexibility that's why David said in Psalm 52, he said, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. He was not a young man, but he said, I'm like a green olive tree. I'm flexible. I'm verdant. I'm full of life. I can move with the transition of life, move into the seasons of life, which he did very successfully. How do I navigate transitions? Don't avoid them. Don't avoid transitions. Denial is not good because they will slap you. Very, very hard. There's a river in Egypt called Denial. <laughs> Don't procrastinate doing what you should be doing now. Don't avoid them spiritually, socially, family, relationally, financially. Don't avoid the seasons. And then finally, celebrate the transition. I don't know how we do this. I don't know how we restore it. I don't know how we bring it back. But our culture is missing something dramatic and dynamic. And I'll tell you what it is. It is. And there are very few places in life that we have it anymore. It is graduation. We don't have rites of passage anymore. There are very few rites of passage. When does a person become an adult? The Jews have. You know what they have? It's called bar mitzvah. It's called bar mitzvah. Bar mitzvah is when they celebrate a transition time in a young man's life. In other words, you're no longer a little boy anymore. You're now a son of the law. Here's the transition. We're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. We're going to celebrate because you're not a little baby boy anymore. We're going to celebrate. You're not a kid anymore. This is why you have 30-year-olds in their parents' basement still playing video games and not working a job. There's no transition. There's no transition. There's no time when officially it's like, okay, you're no longer a kid anymore. You're now an adult. What I'm saying is we need to celebrate the transitions. School has this. Congrats. You, gra you graduated the first grade. The military has this. Ceremonies and badges and recognition. You passed. You're past this phase. 
You know, you passed it. Thank God. Here's your award in category G. You passed it. Wonderful. Because when you celebrate it, then you can move on to the next thing. Thank God. That season's over. I've finished. And now I'm moving into my next season. Why don't you stand together with me this morning, please? So the question I have for us as a congregation here this morning is, are you preparing? Solomon gives us the life code, and the life code is is about transitioning the seasons of life. Where are you now? I want you to think about where are you now? What season of life are you in right now? Do you know what season you're in? Where are you at in your career? Where are you at in your family? What is your role as a parent, if you're a parent right now? Is that, are you, do you have young children in the home? Or are they older children? What does that role look like? How has it changed? Where are you at in your ministry? What stage of life are you in right now? Then the next question is, what's next? What's the next thing? What's the next thing that God has for you? The real question I have this morning, and it's probably more in the form of a challenge than a question. The question is, are you capable of reinvention? Are you capable? Am I capable? Can I change? Can I change? Am I capable of reinventing what I've been? God is bringing me into something fresh. He's bringing me into something new. Can I shift? Can I change? Can I, if I've been left-handed, can I become ambidextrous? Can I learn new tactics for a new season? Sometimes my skills need to shift. Can I do that? Stephen Covey made a statement, and I'll I'll close with this, and I quote, he said, every human has four endowments, four endowments, self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. He said, every human being has self-awareness, conscience, independent will, and creative imagination. Think about that. And he said, these give us the ultimate human freedom, the power to choose power to respond, the power to change. You know the good news? If you don't like your life, you can change it. If you don't like where you're at, the good news is you can change it. More importantly, you have a God that will help you to change your life. He'll help us I don't want this message to end heavy. I want it to end with a sense of joy and excitement. It's exciting. I I mean, Dave Ladd have started this service out, and I don't don't hear a depressed guy up here. He's like, we drove 963 miles yesterday. And I'm like, what a way to take advantage of the season. Because it's exciting. We don't want to get stuck. We want to move forward in the will of God for our life. Amen. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Can we call on him this morning? Can we pray this prayer and ask God to help us?